You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, Tara Clays. She's from a agency called Design TLC that focuses on WordPress and serving schools. She has recently launched a project for a client called Tiny Chefs, which uses Lifter LMS to power cooking classes for kids. Right now, there's two courses on the site as of this recording, Cooking Around the World and Dips and Donuts. I love seeing Lifter LMS out in the wild, especially uh, in you know interesting niches and also interesting target markets, like for example, parents and kids and solving unique problems in the world. But before we get into it, welcome to the show, Tara. Hi, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Um, before we get into Tiny Chefs, you said on your website somewhere that um, before becoming a mom, you were in advertising and marketing, and then you kind of uh, evolved into WordPress and stuff like that. Can you tell us like what was that pre-kid life like, sure. and then yeah. how did that evolution happen? Yeah, I started um, in advertising out of college in the 90s before the internet and all of that came about. Um, and then got married and moved to Washington, D.C. and stayed in advertising a bit. But it, I, used, I was in Chicago when I started, which is a great advertising town. But D.C., there wasn't much advertising that was interesting. But I worked for an ad agency here for a while. Then I kind of moved into marketing and did some different kinds of uh, marketing for different kinds of businesses, um, landing at MCI, which was a telephone, long distance telephone company. Uh, and they had a lot of direct mail. So I worked on direct mail, which is probably the least interesting thing you can do in marketing. It's really, I didn't really feel very fulfilled there. So then I had my first child and decided that um, I would stay home and be a mom. And so I was fortunate to be able to do that. My husband was traveling a lot and it just kind of seemed to make sense. And I was really happy to do that and I really loved it. But um, I had been making little artworks for some colleagues at MCI when I was there. And when I told my boss I wasn't coming back, she said, you have to make these for people and sell them and have just like a little side thing. And so I did. I got business cards. And again, this was before computers really were a thing. So I was hand drawing and then I would take it to the print shop and have them make copies to put it on cards. And then computers became a thing and Photoshop. And I taught myself that. So I sold stationery. It turned into a stationery business that I ran for about 10 years just with my neighborhood and, you know, kind of word of mouth. I'd go to craft shows and I built a website. Um, I had help building a website using front page and, uh, I had all these custom characters. So I have like little kind of stick figure type of, of illustrations and you could, you know, pick the hairstyle and pick the body and, you know, put the pieces together type of thing. So I had a website that kind of showed all that artwork. And, um, and then I had some other friends who had businesses who wanted websites. So I built them websites and then front page went away. <laughs> and so I had to figure out what to do. I did Dreamweaver for a while uh, and kind of taught myself CSS and HTML and then found WordPress and um, did that for, taught myself that for a bit, not knowing what the heck I was doing. What year was um, that? 
that was like 2010. Okay. Um, and then finally, and I think it was 2013, I went to a WordCamp and that was like light bulbs going off all over the place. And so I really, since then, have immersed myself in the WordPress community and learned a lot about um, just digital marketing in addition to uh, WordPress. And I'm now using Beaver Builder exclusively. So all of, you know, I used to do custom child themes. Now I can do a lot more since I'm not necessarily a high-level coder. I can't really write PHP from scratch or anything. Um, and so, yeah, so I've built websites for the past 10 years for word of mouth, local, mostly local, small businesses. I have a, a chain of restaurants, craft beer restaurants here. That's an awesome client that I love. Um, but I found that somehow I realized that I had done a number of websites for education or nonprofit, education-related nonprofits or education organizations, small schools, and I really loved the content. Um, and so I just decided last year, midway through 2019, that I was going to really just specialize in that type of content and not work for other types of businesses. And it's been really, uh, it's been, um, it's been a really freeing experience because I can choose what I want to do. It's also been a learning experience because I have to actually now engage in a market as a marketer to, to try to get my name out there as some, being somebody who, who is passionate about this type of business and wanting to help them. Um, so it's been a good, it's been a really good learning experience. Yeah. That's awesome. What it, so I'm on your website now and it says websites for schools, camps, enrichment programs, and nonprofits. Yeah. It's a, it's what, a mouthful. <laughs> what is it? What do you love about the, these, you know, kind of education focused niches? Um, I think from a content standpoint, I get it. Having been a parent um, and a marketer, uh, I really get the messaging that you need to convey to, to communicate the benefit of specific programs to parents. So I think in, in that way, I mean, I love working with the photography of, you know, kids, happy kids and, and, and uh, that type of thing. So yeah. that's a lot more fun than trying to find a stock photo of two people shaking hands over a contract. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so I really love that. And then my experience with the clients has been that they are really interested in growing their businesses or their organizations. Um, they trust me. So they are busy with what they're doing. They're not trying to you know, micromanage every word on their site. They trust me. And they have a budget that's, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm a small agency, so my prices are very reasonable, but I'm not doing, you know, a $500 website either. So it's a, it's a good fit for the type of size of business that I have and a small school or an enrichment program. So I think all of those things put together. Well, tell us a, tell us a story of tiny chefs. So it's, it's, their logo says Nourish, Challenge, Empower. What is Tiny Chefs and what did you end up building over there? Yeah, Tiny Chefs is, like, is one of, it's probably like among my favorite clients. And this, this has happened a number of times where I, I think that I started working with them because I'm in a running group and one of the women that I run with worked for them and they needed somebody to maintain their site that was in WordPress. And so I took it over just to maintain it. And it was just, you know, it was a mess. And, and I just kind of 
quietly maintained it for a while and uh, maintained the software and did updates for them as needed. But finally, a couple of years ago, I said, you really should um, redo it. And also, when I went into that process, I realized that their branding really needed a refresh. They had a, their old logo was, um, it just, it, it wasn't fitting for what they do. It was kind of clip artish and it was, um, you know, in these times, especially it was not, did not communicate any diversity. It was, it just wasn't a good fit. And so I worked on some logo options for them and I'm just really love what I came up with for them. So have, being able to start from that point and move forward with their new whole new website has been, has been really gratifying. I think they are really happy with it and their business has really taken off since we relaunched the site. They have a good team that's really involved. Um, and they have, uh, they do a ton of summer camps until, until COVID they, you know, that was that, hundreds of camps we would load onto their site and trying to find also event management software. It was a big thing for them, um, which they already had. So I've been doing a lot of research for them on that. Um, and then when COVID happened, they were really interested in doing, doing some an online class. And I had used Lifter on another client. I have a swim school uh, client and they um, wanted some training for their employees. So a few years ago, we built them a whole separate site for training their employees. And so I knew Lifter. And um, so I gave them that option. I also researched other options for them, other third-party softwares like Thinkific and different platforms that they could use to, to build it if they wanted to, just to give them those options. And they chose Lifter, which I was glad about because I you know wanted to keep it in WordPress. Uh, and, Really, I mean, it was, it's been a very good experience for them because they actually are adding all the content. So we built it, we set it up, we set up the first couple of lessons within the course, and I, you know, figured out strategically how to do it. But they've been adding in tons and tons of content, and it's really doing well, and they're promoting it really well on social media. Uh, and now they're actually taking their, since most of the, I think all of them pretty much the summer camps have been canceled. Now they are able to take these courses and, and do use them in conjunction with some live content as well for a camper. So you sign up for the camp and they've already got a bunch of content that is already there. Plus they are now going to market it in it nationally because you don't have to be local so they do a really great job i think um with the content that they have they make it fun and we found some cool ways to sort of customize lifter a little bit for this kind of child focused experience that um you know it's still new so we'll see how it goes but i haven't had any issues or complaints yet which is pretty incredible when you think about how much content is there so that's gone well that's awesome. Was it, um, were they already doing or interested in online courses or was it really a pivot, a pivot in response to COVID and everything? It was a pivot in response to COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if they had ever thought about it before, but they definitely you know, pulled the trigger at this time. We had never talked about it before and we did it and we had it from the time that they mentioned it to the time we launched. I think it was two weeks. 
So it was pretty fast. And if you, you know, if you look at the amount of content on there, it's a lot. So they really do. <laughs> yeah. it. It, took, it took a lot of hours for sure, a lot. And testing it, making sure it was working right. Um, so, and they're also now launching franchises. So this is an additional offering for their franchises as well. So yeah. Tell us more about coming. the franchise model. Like how does that work? So they're working with a franchise consultant um, and they're just, they've just, there's a lot of legal uh, work you have to do. I haven't really um, worked. I've worked with franchises in my advertising days, but I haven't done it since I've been running my own agency. Um, so they, there's a lot of legal hoops to jump through before you can start franchising. So they're just launching that now and we'll see how that goes. But so I've built another section of their site just for franchise, uh, to sell the franchises and explain what the franchises do. So they basically provide content for different, for a franchisee and the franchisee can then do after school classes and camps in their area. Wow. That's super cool. And, um, how do you, it sounds like the camps are still happening, but virtually, how would you just describe the difference between an online course versus a camp experience online, like a virtual camp? Like right. what, what is it? What's going on here? So, I mean, it's a combination of event management and, and online courses. So um, they haven't launched it yet. Yeah. We just talked about it last week. And so, um, what it would be selling it not through the course but selling it through it as an event and then as part of the as part of the price that you pay for the event you get access to the course nice. so i imagine we'll be providing vouchers to people who sign up for the camp to be able to access lifter and since you guys have that voucher system that makes it pretty easy to do so uh that's what i think we'll be doing and what's in be, a, yeah what's Sorry. in a virtual event like what so, kinds yeah. of things are in there? So those will be live cooking classes. So they, and they've done a few Facebook lives. So they have a little bit of experience with that and they would be recorded then so that you could access them at a not live time. But I think they are still figuring out if they would use zoom for that platform, I think, and then uh, just have, I guess people have them let them chat during the class if they want to. I'm not quite sure how they are going to manage that, but then they can have the supplemental materials and recipes. So the way that the course is structured is that each, so you mentioned cooking around the world, for example, I think there's like 12 different recipes within that. And those we set up as sections within lifter. And so each section then has, an overview of the recipe, the recipe in a video and an activity and a quiz. So each recipe has that built around it and they have, you know, little achievements that pop up and then a certificate at the end where the kids can get their name, their name put on the certificate. And so, yeah. Nice. Um, How do you navigate the, um, like when you're you're selling to kids or whatever, like the parents kind of the decision maker. So the yeah. web, website's kind of for, for the parent, but ultimately the kids, the user. Can you tell us how that whole dynamic works? Yeah. From like a building a site perspective, even getting into the strategy, but also the tactics of making sure everything's cool and all those stakeholders are 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 addressed and you know given what they need. Right. I think the um, you know. 
from the technical standpoint, I had to do a little bit of hacking of the process to -hmm. make it work the way we wanted to. Um, So the parent signs up for the account and then they get a message of how to change the name on the account to the student's name. And the way, and what we did as well was we created an opportunity for you to purchase a one student plan or a family plan. So if if you purchase the family plan, you can add additional users to the account and so you can have extra kids so they can each get a certificate with their name. And then I was also able to uh, add a photo so they can put a profile photo. The kids can, you know, they can have their picture up there when they're taking the class. It's got their picture and their name. So using a combination of what Lifter offers with a little bit of custom development with a couple of plugins, you know, we kind of retrofitted it to do exactly what we wanted it to do. And, you know, I think people are buying the family plan. So it is an option because they want each of their kids to have their own personal experience on it. So they have to log in on on different devices if they're doing it at the same time, I suppose. That's cool. And does it, whose email address is on the account? The parent? The parent, yes. Because that's a question we get a lot about, like, because usually, I don't know, there's like minors and email addresses. There's like issues there. So it sounds like you solved it, which is awesome. Well, I, I think we haven't. I mean, now that you're asking me that question, I mean, we haven't like put any legal language on there about that. And that's probably something we should look into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the parent creates the account and it's it's in their name and their email. Most and of the they kids pull out the credit card. Yeah. Most of the kids that are participating, I mean, these are younger kids, so they probably don't have email addresses, I would assume, or maybe they do. Uh, but, you know, they're eight and under most. Yeah. Of them. Young so kids. They probably don't have that type of information to provide. Nice job, like figuring that out, because it's not straightforward when you think about it, uh, how to how to solve that. So great, great job with that. What, what advice do you have from like a design perspective? Like if you need to design a website to sell to an adult, but the experience mm-hmm. is experience is ultimate. The user is ultimately going to be a kid. What are some like usability or design principles that you put into play to fulfill that? And I think it starts with the branding. Uh, you know, so we have, a we have a website and a brand and a, a style that is friendly and youthful and fun. And so I think that makes it, engaging enough for kids. Uh, Messaging has to be really for the parents. And then the content that the clients put on there, their videos and their recipes and their activities, that's all, that's what's geared to the kids. But getting getting to the course point is what we're communicating to the parents. And right now, parents want something that they can let their kids do, that their kids can be entertained with, that's not gonna be super hard, that's not uh, doesn't need a lot of um, supervision. So a lot of the stuff that Tiny Chefs does is teaching kids different different techniques, not just cooking techniques, but following directions. And um, they have, you know, how to cut things, how to measure. So there's math involved. So it does translate into like a, a well-rounded kind of lesson that you're getting when you participate in their stuff. So but making that fun for kids, that's what, that's what they do. And so they have people that have taken their after school classes here that are signing up because they participate. They also are doing um, uh, birthday, virtual birthday parties. Cause that's another thing they offer is, is they come to your house and 
you know, take your group of kids that you have at your birthday party and they make birthday cupcakes and that kind of thing. So they're doing like a birthday in a box type of thing where you, you, for local, you can sign up and they'll drop off the supplies for the cupcakes and, and they get a lesson on how to do that, you know, video and how to do that and the, and the recipes and stuff like that. So. I love that. I I call that clicks and bricks. Like you're crossing the, 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 barrier of just it's all online versus in person you got like the subscription box you got the yeah. or i don't know if it's a subscription box but it's like physical items yeah digital training some of it's passive maybe some live stuff events that's a that's a really interesting mix yeah i mean i could see them even you know taking this concept they've, they've done some like family dinner boxes too so you think about blue apron and those types of things if you were to market yeah. a, a boxed meal that you prepare yourself as a family activity. I think some of them like Blue Apron has made it like a couples type thing, right? Like you and your spouse or your partner can make this meal together if you did it as a family activity. That's another avenue. It's a yeah. whole other thing, but I don't know that they're ready to start distributing boxes of food all over <laughs> the country. <laughs> it's an opportunity. Well, I think that um, shopping through content is definitely an emerging trend uh, in terms of like even just like recipe bloggers and you click and it adds it all to a virtual shopping cart and all this stuff. Like it's, it's really having a moment right now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where it evolves. And I can see a business like this, like tiny chefs, uh, you know, as we get through the challenges of the COVID times and everything, it's not like they're going to turn off the digital thing. They'll just go back to also doing, in-person stuff, right? Right. I mean, they have a whole new branch of their business now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I mean, you've probably seen that. You're, you've probably seen that a lot over the past few months with your clients, you know, with your customers that are using Lifter or purchasing it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like some, at first, sometimes on the surface, it seems like, oh, we're just going to temporarily do this. But as you said, like it, we're building out a whole new line to our business that is not limited by geography. Yeah. And yeah, we want to get back to doing in-person training, but this other thing's kind of cool too. We might keep that. <laughs> right. So, why not? You've yeah. invested in it. So why not? Yeah. And why not promote it? Invest yeah. in promoting it too. Absolutely. Well, help help us out. Help the other WordPress website builders out there. Like, how do you get school clients? You've mentioned like running groups in person, mm-hmm. like getting outside of your home and whatnot. How, like what mix of your clients come to like, and you live in a populated area around Washington, DC, mm-hmm. what percentage of your clients come through your local community versus like, or somewhere else in, in the country or even another country? Thanks for asking that. I think that's going to change hopefully over the, you know, over the coming months and years as I try to engage more with this independent school community um, I have mostly done work for local schools and local enrichment programs and nonprofits. But as I am um, participating more with organizations that serve independent schools and connecting with other consultants who work with independent schools, I think that that will grow. I just um, have a new client that's in Florida that you know, found me on LinkedIn um, as a school education website professional. So I think that I'm hoping that my 
efforts to do webinars and engage with the community at large will bring me outside of the local area. Still word of mouth is for almost every business that you talk to, that's the key thing. And so that's where most of my business has come from and maybe continue, will continue to, but it may expand beyond the local area. So we'll see. I'm a small agency. I'm not looking to have a hundred new clients a year. I couldn't do right. that. So, you know, just, it's kind of one project at a time. And I'm also really passionate about nonprofit work. So I like to have a combination of, of, and actually a lot of the schools that I work with are nonprofits as well. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a big fan of give WP as another big WordPress uh, plugin. And so, you know, working with clients with tools that WordPress has to offer is I think really helpful in marketing my business because I have experience with Lifter and Give and other WordPress premium uh, software that can make a website for an organization like this more effective. So I think that's a good, a good way to engage as well as to kind of, um, be known as an agency that knows how to use these different softwares. Yeah, I really admire the focus. Like you're, you're really focused on who you serve and, you know, that, you know, mm -hmm. camp directors or nonprofit folks, like they talk to each other. Like yeah. word of mouth is, is very powerful. So, and when you're specialized in what you do and the types of tools you're familiar with, it's so much, it's so good for positioning and just clear it. Like people just understand like, oh, Tara does these kinds of sites with these kinds of tools. That's her specialty. That's the hope. Yeah. It's different because I've spent the majority of my time with this agency really engaging with the WordPress community, which I love and, and have made so many friends in the WordPress community, but that's not really where I need to be in order to be a specialist in this industry of education, schools, nonprofits. So it's a, it's a pivot for me to, to be spending less time in the WordCamp WordPress environment that I love so much and have spent so much time on and to sort of now be focusing more on trying to connect with people who, um, who serve schools. So that's a change that I see happening more and more over the coming months. What's your, uh, in terms of the WordPress community, like I've run into you in the WordPress community and it's awesome. What do you, uh, what do you like most about it? What have you gotten out of it? I know like it's not the best place to get your kinds of clients, which is right. what you're saying. Like, so yeah. you're branching out, but what is, if somebody hasn't really gone to a WordCamp or gone to an event, a big one or a small one focused on WordPress, like what do you get out of it? Um, friendship, support, collaboration. I think it is a unique environment of people who support each other, even if they're competitors. And so I think finding people who do the same thing that I do and not feeling like we're competing with each other is a pretty unique thing to have happen. I have a Slack group of, um, that, uh, that I co-founded with Sarah Dunn a couple of years ago. Carrie Dills had had this Slack group for like business, WordPress business owners, freelancers, and then she shut that down. And so Sarah and I asked if we could you know, invite people to join an, another group because we liked it so much. And it's a really active group of s freelancers and small agencies, people who are making a living using WordPress, but they're not big companies. So it's, 
I find that to be a really supportive environment. And we talk about all different things. You can get answers to any question in a Facebook group or a Slack group. So I, I find it to just be a pretty easy to navigate community. I love, I like um, the ability that WordPress gives you to constantly be learning and to solve pretty much any problem. I'm a big problem solver. So it's pretty cool when you can Google, can I do this with WordPress? And you usually can. So I participate in my local community, my local meetup here. Um, and then I have a podcast called Hallway Chats with Liam Dempsey. And we talk to people who use WordPress. So I'm very WordPress focused for sure. It's a big part of my life. Now that my kids are grown and gone, this is like the next phase of my social engagement is is the WordPress community, not the schools anymore here, not the local PTA and all that that I used to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And just to piggyback on your story there, um, I ran into Tara at, I think first at Chris Lemus Cabo Press and then, um, recently I saw you at an event at a WordPress hosting company. It's actually the hosting company we use at Lifter LMS called Pagely put on called Pressnomics. And uh, the last day I was there, I ended up going out to a dinner that you had organized with some people. And I'm, I had met Kate DeRosia before, but yeah. um, Kate has now since that dinner has written some articles for Lifter LMS and helped us with some of our case study writings. And um, Kathy, um, who yeah, is who's also there yeah. has done some usability testing for us. But this is the beauty of WordPress. And <laughs> right? that's all because Tara is a great community builder and Mike Gillahan was there, whatever. It was uh yeah. <laughs> the WordPress community is very helpful and collaborative. Uh so it's uh it's really kind of a special thing. Yeah, it is for sure. Um so what tell us you mentioned hallway chats, but could you just tell us like what What's the the vision behind that podcast? Mm. So, and you've been doing it for four years, right? uh, Three, yeah. We just had our three year anniversary. We're starting the fourth year. I um, I think I I listened. I listen. Used to listen to more than I do now, but I used to listen to every WordPress podcast. I think that was out there. Now there are too many, but several years ago, like maybe four or five years ago, and I loved listening to them. I was a huge, you know, was. I loved going. Carrie Dills had like a live podcast that she did for Genesis users. And I've met a lot of friends there. Um, And then it sort of seemed like there was a circuit and a lot of the same people were on the podcast all the time. And I would go to WordCamps and meet all these really interesting people like me who are small and don't, you know, don't have a big name or, or anything. Um, And I just kind of thought I was on a local, um, radio show that a friend of mine does for women business entrepreneurs. And I really loved being able to tell my story and then like share it with my parents and share it with, you know, my friends and stuff. And I just thought it made me feel really good to share that because you don't often talk about yourself in that way. So I kind of thought it would be really neat to give people a platform, a voice to be able to just talk about themselves and what they do and how they use WordPress and not like necessarily the big company that they run or that they have all the answers. And I mean, I, I truly value what I've learned from people who speak a lot in the WordPress community and have a ton of knowledge and that, but we don't need another podcast with them on it. So I, um, so, and I think um, you've mentioned Kate and, and 
her husband Topher started Hero Press, which is a blog that kind of does the same thing. They interview, let people write a little snippet about their life and what WordPress means to them. So sort of on the same um, the same theme as that. And so I just had the idea in my mind and I actually bought a domain that was something like WP Imposters or something like that for people who have imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, and uh, I had met Liam Dempsey at a couple of word camps and uh, he tweeted one day, like, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Does anybody have any ideas? And so I messaged him and said, yeah, I have an idea. Here's what it is. So we talked about it and he really, you know, he liked the idea and we kind of talked about the name and, and looked for something a little bit more positive. <laughs> so we, uh, so we came up with hallway chats and, and so, yeah, we just finished our third year and we're agreeing to do another one. We kind of have just said, we'll do one year at a time. First year we did them weekly. And then the second and third year we've done them every other week, which we don't do this for any promotional purpose. So we pay for whatever cost, which is not that expensive. Um, and we do all the work ourselves. We have, we use someone on Upwork to do transcription for us, but otherwise, you know, we do it all ourselves and it's really just a service. It's not, we don't use it for marketing. There's no, there's no, no revenue ads. stream here, nothing. Yeah. Um, so to do it every week was just really, it was too much. So I feel every two weeks is we've got a good routine and Liam and I have divided up the workload really nicely to, to focus on what we each enjoy and are good at. So uh, we do the interviews together and we've met some really amazing, amazing people with really cool stories. Uh, it's been really, uh, I have to say, it's like one of my favorite things about WordPress is the people all over the world that you can meet and talk to. I'll be on a Zoom call. We had, we had an interview with the guy, a blind person in Tasmania who does a website for people with disabilities. You know, and it's like, how else would you, you get off that Zoom call? And you're like, wait a minute, that's just amazing that I just had that conversation with someone. And, and you know, you learn about the way people live in different parts of the world, in India and Africa and uh, so, so I've really enjoyed it, and there now are several other podcasts who have that have a similar kind of um, focus, just like a casual interview with different people who use WordPress. So, you know, we're not that unique, but we are, but we love what we do. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Thanks for asking about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. Go check out Tara's podcast called and Liam's called Hallway Chats. Yeah. Um. Switching back to the building LMS websites, if somebody's a WordPress uh, freelancer, agency owner, and and they're wanting to kind of get into education as a niche, like what advice do you have just generally for them in terms of getting clients or focusing or just anything? Like if they mm -hmm. want to, if they're going to stop being a WordPress generalist and want to really focus on education, what what are some top tips you have? I think you really have to engage in the community and find out what the issues are for them. Look at other companies that are building websites for schools. There are some really big ones that do, you know, that have their own CMSs and are used by a lot, you know, by thousands and thousands of schools around the world. Look at what they're writing about. Look at what they're doing. Look at the trends right now for schools, you know, enrollment for private schools. Um, enrollment is a huge concern. You know, are, are people going to pay 
tuition for a private school if it's online? And how do you market your school if people can't come physically see it, doing virtual tours and those kinds of things? So, so understanding the industry is a key to specializing. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to go specialize in you know, dentist websites and not know what that content is about and not have studied what other dentist websites look like and that type of thing. So I think for any specializing, it's not just a matter of saying this is what I want to do. You have to understand what the needs are there and, and how to be good at it because you can't, I mean, you can't do it if you're not good at it. Any other challenges just in the challenging times of COVID besides like the perception of value for uh, if, if kind of a school has to do virtual for a, a while? Any other like uh, unique kind of COVID problems? Yeah, I mean, schools are facing that, that also uh, attrition, you know, retaining the existing families that they have, trying to uh, keep your remote learning systems engaged and one of the benefits of a independent school versus a public school in these times is that you have more control and flexibility over what you can do so it's not it's not like you're serving hundreds of thousands of kids in a in a school system you have your own community so if if there's a kid in need of a laptop it's pretty easy to identify who those kids are and get them the internet and whatever they would need if they need that so I think that there's a lot more control that they have, but if people don't have the income to pay for it, how, or if they're not able to get their community to, uh, you know, to donate to their endowment to provide scholarships for those kids, that's, I think those are all, the financial challenges are what every organization is facing right now, nonprofits too. There are so many nonprofits that need money and support and people are doing all they can, but there are only so many nonprofits that you can that you can send money to so rising above the the noise making your message known those are all really important from a from a website agency standpoint we have i have a school site that's hopefully going to launch in the next week that has been um in process for six months because they had staff turnover and then covid happened and so the website's not a priority for them, nor, and I totally understand that, right? Um, mm-hmm. So being patient with your clients, being supportive, and also, but also having expectations and, and saying, you know, this is the date when it has to launch by, or there's going to be some, there's going to be some agreement that we have to have that this isn't fair to my agency either. So having those conversations, those hard conversations with clients when they're overwhelmed is, can be challenging as an agency owner. Even with with nonprofits, you want to be patient and you want to be supportive and understanding, and you also have to run your business. So um, we all have to get along, listen to each other. What about the um, like if you're talking with a possible client and you're, how do you sell WordPress or like the or what it like the value of WordPress? I mean, maybe some clients they don't care the tech, but maybe some people are like, well, why do you want to do it in WordPress? Like, what do you say to that? Yeah. A lot of times, the majority of the time that I take on a new project, it's already in WordPress. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to make that sell. Um, I did some research about the school industry. And there, so there's one big company called Final Sight that does, they're amazing. They do a tremendous job. They have 
really great resources. They have great software. Everybody that uses them loves what they can do with Final Sight. It's really expensive. So for a small school, that is not an option. So I'm involved in a, a group of small school, independent school um, administrators, and there was a survey done as to how what percent of people use different software. And 25% of the schools in that group use WordPress. So, you know, it's not quite what the global percentage of WordPress is, but I found that to be encouraging that this was uh, this was a place that I could engage with schools because a good number of them are already using WordPress. So if they're not using Final Site, most likely they're using WordPress, I think. So they're already there. And so if they're on Final Site, I have taken some schools that use Final Site and moved them to WordPress. And that is the sell of price, really. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just, it's so much more affordable for a school to do, to have a WordPress website. So f- for them, that is a pretty easy sell. Yeah. How did you, uh, or why did, do you know why the, the client, I, th- I think it was Tiny Chefs, you mentioned like you gave them options and you were like, there's WordPress yeah. and Left LMS, there's Thinkific or Teachable or right. something else. Why did they decide, was that a price decision? Was that a functionality decision? I mean, like, I think I recommended it and I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know if I told you this already, but I think yeah. I wrote it in my blog post. I wrote a review of all the different, I tried out different platforms. And so I also looked at LearnDash and yeah. um, initially downloaded LearnDash for them. And the first day I started using it, they asked me if they could have a coupon. And to put a coupon in LearnDash was this huge complicated thing where you had to add WooCommerce. And so I returned it. <laughs> and because <laughs> yeah. and, I thought, well, I should try a different platform. I've already yeah. used Lifter. I should try a different one. And so, you know, very happily went and went with Lifter for them. And it's been, it's been really, uh, you know, it's been great. It's worked really well for them. So I have tried, I I did a test run of Thinkific and Teachable. Thinkific's a really nice platform. I've used it as a user for some courses. But as an ongoing process, the more, you know, the more you add, they start charging per per user and it gets very expensive in the longer term. So Tiny Chefs made the choice to invest up front in our development cost for a more affordable long-term strategy, which I think made a lot of sense. They were already on WordPress, so. Um, we'll see if they end up doing really awesome and um, growing a lot. We'll have to look at their hosting. So they're on WP Engine right now um, on shared hosting. So if it gets really busy and we see it lagging, that would be an, an additional expense for them. That's yeah. cool. WP Engine just added uh, Left LMS into their site templates thing, which is super I exciting. I saw that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's super exciting. Um, one more one more since I have you here, I'm trying to, my job is to mine as much value for the WordPress <laughs> sure. website builders out here. How do you do the, um, like uh, you mentioned the Tiny Chef's client was, you know, they're adding their course content, their lesson content, their recipe videos and whatever. Was it because they were already using WordPress that they could kind of get into it and fairly quickly or how much of your service was like teaching people okay, this is how you add a course or this is how you update this part of the website. How did you, how did you kind of set that part of the relationship and the final product up for success? That's a great question. And I, I think for the most part, so they added the new course themselves and it went really pretty smoothly. Um, 
we had a little glitch with an accidental cloning of the course, which kind of made a mess of things, but we were able <laughs> yeah. to fix it. Um, I recorded some videos for them on how oh, to nice. do it. So I do that for clients a lot. They're, they don't do really much on the WordPress site. We pretty much do, uh, you know, we're on a retainer with them to add content. So they just email us and we, Oh, that's cool. So want. you have a retainer for ongoing work. It's not just the launch the website, see you later. It's it's right. a technology partner with you. Yes. Yeah, because they do have all these camps that need to get added. So it's a lot of work actually. Uh, so we, and the franchise stuff. So we do, we have an ongoing agreement with them. Um, and so, and this was on top of that, obviously, to build the whole online course for them. So we kind of built a couple of lessons so that we could understand also how it worked. And then I recorded a video on how to do it. And so they have, um, they've pretty much got run with it on their own. They're tech savvy enough. You know, they're doing the videos themselves and the videos are really great. They're well-produced. And, and so they put those on Vimeo so that they can keep them behind your paywall and lifter. And, um, you know, I had a couple of questions along the way and your Facebook group was really helpful and your support was really helpful in getting those answered. Um, so I think, I think the process of lifter made it pretty easy for them once they had the process down. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Tara Clays, thank you for sharing your journey with us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's super, I'm super inspired by what you've done with Tiny Chefs. I love seeing Lifter Out in the Wild. Lifter LMS actually started with me making a course about cooking omelets. It's ah. cooking is one of my things. It's one of the things I share with my kids and I love teaching them cooking. Right after we saw your site, I actually made a cooking course with one of my kids. Uh, but it, it's, <laughs> it brings a lot of joy in the world and it's something that's super useful right now, especially with... Um, parents and kids at home looking for stuff to do and uh and just the cooking itself is really a, a, an amazing thing and tradition and it you know there's so much culture in it all over the world and so I, I really love what you've what you've done there tara is at design tlc that's at design tlc.com yeah. uh, check out her podcast it's called hallway chats any final words for the people or places they can connect with you um, thanks so much for having me on. I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about my experience um, with Lifter and just in, with WordPress. It's been really fun to do that. I'm on Twitter, um, Tara Clays. Uh, it's my personal Twitter, and I have a I'm on LinkedIn as well, so you can you can find me there too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tara. Thanks, Chris. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.